Good morning, Chanel. The opportunity to air grievances like this has been very good. I guess I'm just going to call you out one at a time. Stan. No, I'm just No, today I wanted to talk to you just about some thoughts I've been having lately about the concept of being caught up in God's plan. Because I can tell you as you start making changes in your life and doing things, you start to realize that if I'd have told you the story of where I thought I was going to go and where I'm ending up, you wouldn't. I don't believe it, so I would imagine that you wouldn't either. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about finding that pathway. And I'm sure you've dealt with this before, the concept of perspective, right? When you are in the midst of your life, you are often very close up to the things that are going on. You know, you, you see things so closely that it's hard to get the bigger picture, and you realize that things that may have merit in their own actually are representative of something much bigger if you had that perspective. When you're close up, things look very different than the person who has the full perspective. And that's sort of how I see our journey with God. That it's always been obvious to me that God had some full story that's been going on for a very long time, right? His story, his upper plan spans the heavens and the earth. And I'm sure if you're anything like me at all, that you walk through your day and your perspective is so narrow that it's hard to get a sense uh, and understand what's going on and where your place is in it. Uh, think about God's plan. It's, it's not only in a much broader plane, it is over such a long period of time. Think of all the intermixing and all the all of the people that had to come together to make God's plan, this larger plan, come together. It spans all history, and I think that you understand that lately that we don't even understand some of our even recent history. We're debating even some very basic things that are going on. It's the interaction of billions of people, and we only see a few of those people. God's been planning and building something very big for a very long period of time, and I think for at least me, uh, it sometimes seemed like I was just moving a big boulder, not knowing where it fit <clears throat> into the bigger picture of things. And I think you just understand that God is moving all these pieces and parts together with a very definitive story, and we may only be moving one rock, but it is a part of a much bigger plan. And so when you think about God's story, it goes uh, from creation of heavens and earth long before any of us were here creating mankind in his own image, placing them in a garden, play, guiding them through a flood, creating a people out of them, and finally getting to the point where God so loved this world that he sent his only begotten son in some much larger plan that we begin to see in Scripture was there long before we had any part in the plan. And so as you're seeing God's story, how do we find and communicate with that story? How do we find and communicate with God? How do we find our place in that eternal story? And what's interesting in some of the scriptures is it's realized that God knew we would be looking, even without scripture and even without other things, God knew that we would be looking for him. That scripture that was read earlier today, Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious, for as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, 
I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. Now what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. I always found this sort of a sad scripture in some way. Think about these people. That, but the, the, the Greeks in, in Athens, they were looking. They recognized that there was something there. It was unmistakable that there was this thing that was drawing them and had some attention, and it's the unknown God. And that's this pull that I think most of us uh, that are in this room have at least felt a couple of times in our life. And then even when you start to know God, we often look for words from him in a weird way. We, look, we have very human understanding of how he might appear to us. In 1 Kings 19, the Lord said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in that great wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came the gentle whisper, which has been how God has always appeared to me, even sometimes complaining where even the gentle whisper might be too gentle. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. It's interesting, right? There is this higher story. This higher story has been going on. And it's leaving a remnant. It leaves a remnant everywhere that it goes to the extent that if you don't recognize it, you're without excuse. We're not alone in our search. Men search for God. We've been hunting for God for a long time. We typically tend to look for God in big things, don't we? It's, it's, we're looking for something big, to, to the fire, the tornado, the earthquake, the burning bushes, and we often miss them in the mundane. We often accept the unknown God and don't complete the search for all the answers. If anyone has ever known me, you know that I have a weakness for this story about the burning bush. And you'll understand it here soon. It's been my nemesis. In Exodus chapter 3, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is Moses in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. I don't know about you, but this story made me jealous my whole life. This, why can't I have a burning bush? Why can't I just get a much clearer message? And I said, what is it about this burning bush experience that grabbed my attention so much? And I think it's this, that you, it was a sign that was unmistakable, right? This was clearly miraculous. There was no other explanation. 
The sign was right on or in his way. There's no way that Moses could have missed the sign. The sign was sensory, something very important to people like me. Very visual, very auditory. You can see it, you can touch it. And the sign was very targeted. It was a very, very clear message for Moses himself. The sign drew the emotion out of Moses. It, it was awe-inspiring and humbling. He hid his face. <clears throat> and the sign was clear, a direct message. I have indeed seen the misery of my people, and there's some things that I need you to do. And so who wouldn't want this burning bush experience to guide them on their next journey? And so how many of our spiritual journeys are guided by a bush? I mean, you could take a, 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 a hand raise right now. How many people in here have had a clear burning bush experience that has led you to where you're going? It, I don't think it's many people. And I think even our church leaders in the Bible didn't always get those burning bush experiences. But they got, they've got some things. And you have to figure out how to find your way in God's plan with or without this burning bush. And so what I wanted to just take a second is just to look real briefly at Paul, how he is an example of this. Think about the choice of all people in the world to be a leader of the church. Think about Paul's choice in Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. Could there have been any worse person in the world to choose to be a leader of the Christian movement than Paul? He hated these Jesus followers. He was trying to jail them and cause them harm. And so Paul, in his up-close, smaller human journey, had developed a really bad attitude towards Jesus' followers. And if you know Paul and seen most of his story, you saw that he thought of himself as a great defender of God's bigger story, right? God, he was the person that was out in front leading God's big story. But he had inadvertently placed himself on the wrong side of that story. Now, when God called, Paul's close-up story had to shift quickly, or he would lose his way in the grander story. And so, look, when you look deeper at how God develops that leader, think about some of these other things. So it's just a simple verse in Acts 21. Paul answered, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Sicilia, a citizen of no ordinary city. Please let me speak to the people. Paul, behind the scenes, was a Jew. What we know from him is his education was probably about the best that it could get at the time. He was fluent in Hebrew and Aramaic, very important if you wanted to read God's higher story. He was educated by the top rabbis of his day and was right on line to being one of those top rabbis. He was raised in Sicilia where the education and the opportunities were amazing. He was a perfect candidate to become a Pharisee. And he was a perfect candidate to extract some of the needed things from God's upper higher story. This is a history that was decades in the making. It started, Paul was being prepared for where he was going long before Jesus came around. Guess what else? 
Roman, uh, Paul actually was a Roman citizen. Very important in these days because Paul had this ability to fully travel and have access to the entire Roman Empire, something that not all of the disciples had. Perfect for getting a message out. He was also versed in Koine and classical Greek that not only allowed him to communicate with Gentiles, but actually best some of the Greek, best Greek scholars of their day. Again, a history decades in the making. Right? This is long before. So you basically look at this preparation for a person like Paul who thought of his worldly story as something probably greatly different than what it ended up being. And so God had worked on Paul long before providing a burning bush experience. Paul had the perfect resume to do everything that God needed him to do, and not by accident. These skills are decades in the making. God had been forming his story since birth, and I'm guessing that no one was more shocked than Paul to find out what his new role in God's story was. So you go back to that same question, could there have ever been any better person to choose as a Christian leader than Paul? When you start to look at all of the skills he brought to the table for God's kingdom. So Paul's unlikely close-up story became something that is an example to us. Willing to move within God's plan, willing to identify where you fit and to continue to look and be humble. Paul does get a moment of this bright light and this blindness. It's a moment, right? It's a moment saying, I got to get your attention. But Paul doesn't get an ongoing burning bush experience. And if you look at Paul's story, he details a lifetime spent with physical injuries, mental anguish, murder plots, danger, discomfort, and betrayal. He spends most of the last years of his life in jail preparing to be executed. And by the way, this is all at a time period where Paul was doing exactly what God was asking him to do. And so being in this plan can be very confusing when you're up close and seeing things so close up. So what does this say to us? Many of us are hopefully looking for our part in God's great journey. And maybe sin has been a part of things that have interfered with your story along the way. It's not uncommon. Maybe we've had ingrained religious beliefs that have put us on the wrong side of certain arguments. Maybe sometimes the boulder just feels heavy and you are a little frustrated because you don't know what your bigger role in the story is. But God can use you. He's been working on everyone that's in this room for a lifetime. And while it doesn't always feel like it, we are being currently swept up in God's plan as we sit in our seats this morning. So like Paul, we don't always see our story clearly. Unfortunately, we don't get the burning bush that I so much want and I would continually love to have. But struggles with your story does not equate a failure. Struggles in your story does not stop the story. We do not always see the impact of what it is that we do in God's eternal plan. So we're getting, we're getting a snapshot, a moment in time. So step up in our roles, step up together in our roles, God is always faithful. His success is assured. Never let Satan or anyone convince you that your part of the story isn't important or you're a failure. And I have very much enjoyed sharing part of my close-up story with you. Thank you.